Hey everyone, thanks for joining me for All Things Evangelism. Uh, super stoked to be here again with Robbie Morgan, church planter, pastor extraordinaire. Uh, <laughs> how do you like that, Robbie? I feel intimidated. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. The most insightful and powerful and spirit-filled church planner in the world. Okay, so... It's a um, good thing there's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, amen. So uh, he is a church planter here in Caves Beach, and he's the pastor of the Coast Life Seventh-day Adventist Church, and we're here to talk about how to give a Bible study. This is part two. So we had some good time chatting, exploring some info about giving studies. And it was pretty practical, but I'd say we were, we kind of erred on the, ab not the abstract side, but the theoretical side. Mm. Um, so today, guys, we're here to talk practically as we can about giving Bible studies and how to give them well. Last time we talked about uh, asking questions, you know, really watching and pay att paying attention to where people are at, getting to know where they are, being in the right space yourself, mm. because everyone's different. And now we're gonna, yeah, talk a little bit more about the just in the Bible study, how to kind of deliver information as best as you possibly can to someone. So, so Robbie, bro, is uh, what I want to do is go over kind of like the skeleton yeah. of going to someone's house your cousin, your brother, your sister, your friend, and having a Bible study. So would you mind? Yeah. I'm just putting you on the spot here. Go for it. Just walking me through what you would see on a big picture level as an ideal Bible study from start to finish. Like Robbie goes to Robbie's friend's house that you're studying the Bible with and give us an overview view of an overview picture of that study if it went really great. Yeah. What okay. happened? How did it go? Yeah, and what kind of walk through? Yeah, walk the us over, through. Walk yeah, us sweet, through the, okay. But on the big picture level, maybe we can break down afterwards aspects of. That okay, experience. and if I'm being too detailed, if I'm not going yeah broad enough, just just tell me, and I'll change my scope if I didn't understand the question. The first thing I would I would say is I want to connect with them somewhat socially beforehand. So there's there's a real connection. There's opportunity to build rapport and establish our relationship. Talk about life for a little bit, and it's best to do that before the study rather than after. There's going to be time of prayer together. There'll be a time of going through the study. There will also be in the study questions that will take place that I would call an appeal or a miniature appeal where I'm asking for clarification. I'm clarifying whether they understood. What do they think about this? Is what we've looked at so far acceptable and understandable um, so that it's preparing them for the decision we're going to ask for at the end? Um, so I'd be doing that throughout. We'd be presenting what the Bible study is, why does it matter, what does it mean practically, or, or you know, maybe, maybe what, why, and how to do it practically, I guess is a better way to say that. And there would be an appeal at the end where there's an opportunity for a heartfelt question of what are we going to do with what we've just learned. Um, and prior to asking them that question, I suppose I should check for understanding, clarify mm -hmm. that they understood the scope of the study, what it means, etc., Mm -hmm. Is it clear? Do they have any questions? And then make the appeal, pray, and then mob out so that they can kind of sit with that um, so that I don't take away from what the Holy Spirit's doing in their heart and in their mind from the Bible study by changing the subject and talking about the footy or something. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So in the prayer time, like you show up to somebody's house, what would you say to a church member who says, oh man, that's a little uncomfortable, you know, like it's giving a Bible study is a little uncomfortable, but I don't pray with people much. 
but I've got to study with Joe. Like, give some words of encouragement to someone who feels awkward and uncomfortable in that scenario, right? Because we're hoping that as we converse and talk, we'll like instigate people to ask their friend to like study the Bible or something, or a, you know, family member, or even yeah. their son. You yeah, know, yeah, like, hey, son, sure. I want to share something with you. How do you feel more comfortable about those awkward? No, it's not. It's not awkward, but does those. About instigating a spiritual conversation? Yeah, no, or no, about, no, no, no. Just about you're praying. going to someone's house. Like, like, so I'm being imprecise in my asking the question. So sorry about that. <laughs> but, right. but like, if you've never given a Bible study before and you're going to someone's house for the first time, let's pray. Man, that's scary for me. Yeah. What do you say to that fear? I would say the point number one, that's the, that's the thing that you should do when you are nervous, right? You're going to be praying in your head anyway. Mm. But it also sets the tone. You got to remember, if somebody has said, yes, I'd like to learn more about the Bible, they're already open. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like worry, oh, maybe they're going to be offended. Like, Who's going to be offended at the fact if they've already said, yeah, I'd like to study the Bible. I'd like to know more about what you believe. Mm-hmm. You just invite them and say, hey, I all, and you set the example by yourself. Because you don't have to state, we have to do this or you must do that. Or you say, yep. hey, would you mind, if you wouldn't mind, I like to always pray before I read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And you just pray. Yeah. You don't have to invite them to pray if you're not comfortable to do that. That's, a, that's putting them on the spot a bit more. Yes. Um, and my experience is, I, don't, I can't think of anyone who's ever turned me down in that context about prayer or, in fact, most contexts, to be honest. Even people yeah. who are antagonistic towards religion have not been negative towards me in most cases when yeah. I even ask to pray for them. So... I think most people are receptive. Most people are more spiritual than you think. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I really believe that. I wonder if there's not... Obviously, there's that... The spiritual impact of praying. Yeah. But also... I wonder if praying with someone that you're going to give a Bible study to doesn't break down barriers because it demonstrates on your part a humility. Totally. And an, and your, an acknowledgement of your need. mm where you know you're not a person coming to kind of point down at another person and say believe this, believe this, but you bow your head, you call upon God to give you insight mm. and guidance and direction. I wonder if that doesn't, to a degree, soften someone's heart oh, in, in relationship to you when you're Holy praying man. with them before a Bible study. And I think beyond that, in all of these opportunities, if you take the the posture of I'm not here just to teach you because I know everything. Like you're saying, you're inviting God to, to lead us. You put yourself on, on their level playing field. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, that breaks down boundaries in, in a huge way. Mm-hmm. Huge way. Yeah, that's awesome. Changes the perception. We're here to learn together. And when you say things like that, that helps break down that barrier too. Because yep. it's true. Right? Like, totally. Every time I give a Bible study, I've got my pencil out. And I'm like, I, I find every time I study the Bible with someone, I find new things that I didn't know before I did the Bible study. As a general rule. Yeah. So, okay. So small talk, you chatted, you caught up, you took genuine interest in your friend and okay, let's study. Where are we going to study? Over here, over there. Are you choosing a particular place in the house that you prefer to study when you go to someone's home? I don't, I haven't really thought about that too much. I often just go where they're comfortable. Um, But if you are sitting there and the television's going and it's a distraction, it's, it's a good idea to probably try and go to a different location from the telly or 
from something that's noisy or to just say, hey, would you mind if we, if we just turn the telly off for, for the time we're doing this? Mm-hmm. And, I, and when you pose it that way, mo- most people aren't offended by that. They, oh, yeah, yeah, because my, my experience is that a lot of people just have that background noise going all the time um, yeah. and don't even notice. Yeah, I've been in that scenario on many occasions. The first Bible study I ever gave to anyone in my life, I remember the person's name. Uh, her name was Teresa. Yeah. And she lived in South Dakota. And her TV was on all the time. And there's always lots of smoke in their house in the people's home. And her husband, Gene, was always on the couch. And I remember, I'll never forget, it was a white couch. where, But where he <laughs> sat, it was like dark. Because yeah. he never really bathed. He was kind of a... He actually was a garbage truck driver who never bathed. And it was just crazy. You go into the house, it's a white couch with a big black spot where he sat. Because <laughs> he was always dirty. And the... Yeah, the house was the the area we were studying. It was not conducive to the study. Yeah, and because I was new at giving Bible studies, I would come prepared with like thirty five verses all over yeah. the Bible. Yeah. It was as if I was studying with some Baptist scholar, and I had yeah. to prove everything. You know, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I, Which you don't have to do, by the no. way, in ninety nine percent of cases. <laughs> I totally didn't understand. Just so you guys know what I was doing. You know, yeah. I, I had no understanding of. I, I was clueless, and I didn't realize that this woman did not need that kind of Bible study. But anyways, mm. that's what I was there for. And I was sincere mm. and passionate and fired up, and I think that carried yeah, her yeah. through that, you know? 100%. But that environment, I remember on several occasions, I just, hey, do you mind if we go in the kitchen in the other room? Because yeah. it was so distracting. And so, and she'd always be talking to Jean, and they'd sometimes get in fights during the Bible study and <laughs> had these awkward conversations. You know, yeah. hey. So I eventually just said, hey, let's go to a different space that was more accommodating yeah totally conducive and i found most people are agreeable to that anyway like when somebody invites you into their home to to study the bible with them or or accepts that request they're they're usually they're saying yes for a reason they want to learn they're they're open they'd like to know and so usually they're kind of new to this type of thing in my experience and um even if they're not, it's irrelevant. They, they often mm-hmm. are, are willing to just go, oh yeah, that's what you do, this, okay, then we'll do it that way. Yep. Um, most people are just so much nicer than I think we think. <laughs> we think, yeah. Like you get into their home and, and people are people and if they wanna learn, they're open to it, so. Yeah, so, bro, yeah. do you have like a time frame that you like to shoot for in your Bible studies? Yeah, no, and I have shoot a, for, cause I don't wanna make you feel like what you say is what you do. Oh no, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you that I, I struggle with time management. Um, I studies. would say, yeah, in Bible, well, in, in general, but, <laughs> um, but I think in a Bible study, especially at the beginning, try and aim for less is more. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're there for 20 to 30 minutes, that doesn't intimidate someone to think every time they come, they're going to be here for ah, a huge amount of time. Yeah. If, you're the, if the first time you're there, you're there, you chat for five minutes, you do a 20-minute Bible study, boom, you're out of there, and it's the time of a television program, yeah. right? Like 25 minutes, boom. Now that's harder, it's easier to say than to so do, done, yeah. but um, short and to the point is often what keeps people interested to want to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. And then as they develop interest, the studies will naturally get longer. longer. Um, I, I would suggest that I wouldn't want to be going more than 30 to 60 minutes as a general rule, because mm-hmm. after that, you think you had this great Bible study and it went for three hours, but... They were soaking it they up. Were, yeah. Yeah. And then the next time they're like, oh, how come you haven't wanted to talk to me for two weeks? They were hungry for truth, man. We did like five Bible studies in one setting. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, in my experience, I've learned that the longer the study goes, 
the less inclined people are going to be to study later. So it's like yeah. there's a corollary there. There. Yeah. So to the degree that the study goes long, is to the degree that you're the chance of them not wanting to study with you is increased. That's right. Uh, so, so there's better ways to say that, but I think you can get, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you study the longer for too the study long, goes, the less likely the study's going to continue exactly. past that study. Exactly. And there are those rare occasions though, right? Like as a general rule, that, that's true, but yeah. there's those rare occasions where you should go longer or whatever, but I'd say not often, man. Yeah. Like not often at all. Let that be the exception, not the rule. Yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah. so do you ever use Bible study guides? Yes, I do. Do you? I didn't always, and I, I often like to do things straight from Scripture or mm. use my own thing that I've got written down. But I have found, especially of recent, that people often are blessed by having something to keep. So if you don't print something off to give them, having mm. a Bible study guide that's already pre-made can be really helpful. Yeah. You, you also then have something else to, to rely on. There's visuals that are often provided in them already. So there's a lot of things that I think are actually really valuable about them, yeah. um, especially if you're doing, say, a, what, what I would call a doctrinal study. We're looking at a doctrinal topic such as um, what happens when you die. Mm -hmm. It's a subject that's throughout all of Scripture, and we're going to pick out key points from Scripture to, to learn about that topic. Um, study guides are fantastic. Mm -hmm. If I was going to sit down and do, say, a devotional study with somebody on, through the Gospels, I probably wouldn't do a study guide. We'd just read yeah. the Gospels together in that context and do application, mm -hmm. whatever. But when it comes to doctrinal studies, I think study guides are particularly really helpful. On the, yeah. And it depends, like, by the way, different, different study guides are more useful for different things. If there's lots of reading involved, I find that they're not usually as good for interactive back and forth. It's more like, here, you do this resource on your own and we'll come back and deal with questions. Mm -hmm. Where if it's like question, answer, question, answer, question, answer format, those I find work pretty well mm -hmm. in a one-on-one -on -one Bible study context. Bro, when you're in a study, I have an answer for this. But like, so we small talked, we've prayed, you know, we've worked, okay, hey, the study we're going to study today is whatever, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to study or we're going to begin our study in whatever. You, uh, so when the study begins and you're going to read your first Bible verse with the person and, or you're going to start reading Bible verses with the person, do you like to have the other person reading Bible verses as well? Or do you just read yourself like when you're giving a Bible study to someone? As much as possible, I get them to do most, if not all, of the reading. Okay. And there's a, my reasoning for that is it keeps them more interactive. It's mm -hmm. less of a sermon. It's more engagement. And there's, so there's more of, a, of, a, of an, a discovery kind of learning experience for them. Yep. Two, what they read out loud, they are going to see and hear as well. So they're getting it multi-sensory and the scripture is more likely to stick in their mind. Yeah. Um, and it just keeps them from getting bored. And it yeah. gives me time to think. Totally. Because if they're reading, instead of me having to read, talk, it becomes like the Robbie show and I hate that. Yeah, totally. Um, have you ever been in a study where you just like can't do anything to get the person engaged, but like like you're trying, you know, you're yeah. you're letting them read, you're asking them questions, but it's like they're just not moving, man. It's like a horse that doesn't want to kind of go, right? Just, <laughs> have you ever had that scenario? And what what did you do? Oh, I'm trying to think of a specific instant. Yeah, um, but because I've I've been in those scenarios before where it doesn't want you don't you're giving up you're sharing scripture, and you don't want it to be the Matt show or the Robbie show. But the person that you're studying with is perfectly happy for it to be the Robbie show. Yeah, yeah, they just want to listen and They're nod. just kind of just sitting there listening and nodding and kind of doing their thing. And they seem to be engaged while you're 
kind of performing for them or sharing thoughts or being passionate or being energetic, sharing, hey, the Bible says this, and the Bible says, you see where this verse said this? Yeah. Uh, you know. So as you're giving them a personal sermon, they're interested, but then when you try to get them to think yeah. or read or you know, take, you know, join this thing with you, you know, to make this inductive and back and forth and we're both kind of journeying together, mm. they're just kind of I've had that before. Yeah, so that's totally. what I'm asking you. Yeah, I've I've had that a number of times. Um I had an issue where, where somebody, they, did, they wouldn't read. And I worked out after a couple of studies, I, I don't think they could read. They could read, yeah. And, and so I, went, I approached something, well, I approached it differently then. So I did the course, reading, yeah. but I would ask questions yeah. to try and make sure that they were picking up from what I was reading and, and ask diagnostic questions. Yeah. Um, and I have had times where it's really difficult to, to get people to engage. Part of it, I think, is that a lot of people just aren't very well practiced at um, reasoning, like critical reading, critical thinking. So you read through something and you ask this question, but it was a really long Bible verse and there were about, you know, like it's Paul, oh, for example. Yeah. You're looking and you're like, boom. Run on sentence with a ton of thoughts That's packaged right. together. Paul said 15 things in one half a sentence yep. in that verse and you're trying to draw out one idea from it, but that's really complex. And so you actually, I just, with that person, we'll sit down and, and we will, we'll break it apart. Okay, what does it say here? Yeah. And I'll and I might even do if they're if they're really struggling to pick up what's going on, I will I will read it out and I'll like fill, do a fill in the blank. Yeah. Okay. So love is the fulfillment of the law might be the the Bible verse, right? So love does no harm to its neighbor, etc. Right. Mm. And and so I might read and so love is the fulfillment of what? And here's the awkward part. Wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just wait. Wait for them to answer. And a lot of the time, they'll get there. Right. Sometimes they won't. And it's, it, even that seems too complex. And so you go, well, what does it say? Right? And, and you just have to be patient and come alongside them. And I think a tone matters that you're not sounding demeaning towards them. But yeah, you're almost like a tutor in that, in that sense. You know, I was thinking struggles. a personal trainer. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's almost like a, a good Bible study is more like you're someone's personal trainer than it is like you're some you're a performer on a stage, you know. So it's like it's like it's less like a movie, yeah, and more like a training session with a personal trainer. So that would be that's an interesting analogy. I don't know if anyone listening to us can follow this. I know that you'll be able to because yeah. you hang out with me enough to kind of get my <laughs> my metaphor. But it makes sense. And, you're not watching it. You're yeah. participating. And people are conditioned, by the way, by just watching stuff all the time. The modern mind is being shaped. To just watch it. Watch, yeah, watch, yeah, like shaped by. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say we're habituated to sit and watch. Yeah. Whether it's our phones or our iPads or our television sets, it's I sit and I watch. I sit and I, I go to concerts. I sit and I watch. Like everything in the world, it almost seems like it's sit and watch. Yeah. And so then now I'm giving a Bible study and I want the person to join in with me. We're going to think together. We're going to consider together. And that person's going to get their mind moving and functioning and processing and considering, but I've got to help them as the facilitator mm. of this discussion and Bible study to get out of that mindset so that now we're engaging together. So I've got to be, so I guess maybe that would be a good metaphor. A good Bible study giver is more like a personal trainer than they are like a stage performer or actor. Yeah. That's cool, man. I love yeah. it, dude. That's cool. That's a cool thought for me. I'm going to keep that one in my head. Take it. Because it, it's true. It. I've noticed that. And, it, and it, it takes more work for the person giving a Bible study. But it's more rewarding. It's better for the person you're sharing with. Totally. Yeah, it's crazy. 
So it's like if you, yeah. Anyways, go to Cirque, Sol Cirque du Soleil and see them do all those, those magnificent you know, feats <laughs> with their bodies. But you're sitting in there getting nothing out of it other than, whoa, that's awesome. Look at them like, jump around. Yeah. How do you do that with his and, legs? And, and this is something to think about. Like when we're giving Bible studies, one of the goals in the back of my mind is that when I leave, are they going to read the Bible between now and next time that we come together? Yep. Am I helping them to learn to do that on the way? Right? You can present things logically, and that's important. You can present things well, and that's mm -hmm. important. You can present things with passion and with conviction, and that's important. But at the end of the day, you're not going to be there forever. I don't care who you are. You will not be there forever. And if they are totally dependent on you to understand it, then it will only take them so far. Yes. But if you can, on that journey, be leading them into learning to think and read and listen for the Holy Spirit as they go, they're going to get a million times more out of it. And when you leave, they won't be lost. Yes. Like, what do I do now, right? They'll have some tools to be able to say, well, I'm a follower of Jesus, regardless of whether my friend, my pastor, my parent, etc., is here to help me. Mm -hmm. I can continue that journey. I think that's important. Totally. Well said. I think that a good Bible study is one that... I've thought that for a long time, what you've just said, and you've articulated it so well. A good Bible study is one that helps someone learn how to study the Bible on their own. That's right. Better. And uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. Cool. Well, so bro, yeah. um, giving a Bible study, yeah. going through the content, the material, we talked a lot about asking questions last week. Yeah. And what do you do when you get to a point in a study where someone either doesn't understand or doesn't agree? Now, it yeah, takes yeah. courage for a person who's sitting there you know, to disagree with you. But yeah. I found that that happens like in a oh, lot and it's it really good. I, I've, that's happened with me a million times and I'm always happy. And I guess I've never thought of it as a positive, but I guess that so many of my Bible study contacts in my life have disagreed with me shows that I am providing an atmosphere or, or I'm providing them with a feeling or I'm, I'm letting them know somehow, some way that they can disagree with me, yeah. which is positive and good. But what do you do when someone disagrees with you, expresses a disagreement or... They just don't get it. Yeah. The temptation is to just get defensive and try and prove the point really quickly. That's, that's the temptation. You kind of panic. Like, oh, I disagree. Well, it's oh, this or this. And, yeah. it's, it, and if you take a defensive right away and throw a bunch of proof texts, it might work, but it also might not. Yeah. And I think that in that moment, the best thing to do is, first of all, in your mind, just say a prayer. Ask God mm. for wisdom. And the second thing is, don't escalate. Try and understand what the question is because it's probably not personal, almost guaranteed it's not personal. Even if it is, try and redirect it to find what the issue is. So when someone has a question or they don't agree, mm -hmm. um, you want to reason together with them and first of all, ask any questions to help you understand if you understand the question correctly and then take a positive tone back towards, well, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. Well, let's, let's see if we can find an answer. If that question is relevant to the topic, mm. then I will try and deal with the question there if we're able to, if I know enough from Scripture to be able to go there and look at it and reason together and take them on that journey together. If it's a question that's like totally off topic, I th you got to ask a question. Is this the most important issue right now or can it wait till later? Yeah, right. And sometimes there, some personalities are like, they'll ask you 16 questions Half the time they're asking them literally just for the subconscious purpose 
to get you off the point that is coming towards <laughs> right, a decision. Like the woman at the will. Right, the woman at the will, John 4, perfect example. She, she obfuscates right. to get out of the... And so if you're following Jesus' example, he's typically not buying into that. He's he, not going to be led off the that's trail. Right. Yeah. So, so I think <laughs> it takes discernment. You figure that out with time and experience and asking the Holy Spirit to lead you. But um, if it's on topic and you can deal with it now, try and deal with it. Um, or if it's coming up later in the study, say, that's a great question, and we're going to answer that. But before we can, I just want to go through these couple of points that are going to help that to make sense when we get there. Mm. Um, if it's not in the study, hey, that's a great question. If it's not pressing, if, like if you get the feeling this is really a, this is a, a roadblock, we're not going to make it any further with this study until we deal with that, yeah. well, then you can shift gears. Mm. Um, but if not, if it's not a major thing that you can't deal with next time, um, ask them the question, hey, man, that's a great question, and I'd love to, I'd love to look at that. Could we look at that next week? Yeah. Or next time. There's um, different degrees of disagreement, right? Like yeah, too. A person, and I guess the, to answer that, like to know exactly how to respond to a, dis, dis, a person disagreeing, you have to know to what degree they're disagreeing, why they're disagreeing. Yeah, so ask What questions. specifically are they disagreeing with? Yeah. Have they communicated clearly their disagreement? You know, but if you're, say, just to give a simple analogy, talking about the state of the dead, and you're like, okay, see? So what does the Bible here say uh, happens to a person when they die. I'm just, bad question. I'd have to think of a better question. <laughs> I'm just thinking of, so John 11. So Lazarus Jesus is asleep. Is, is, Jesus is asleep. So what does Jesus compare death to? Asleep. Are you conscious when you're asleep? You kind of technically, scientifically, are you aware of what's going on around you when you're asleep? No, I'm not. So, okay, cool. Now let's go to this text in Ecclesiastes. And it says, there's no work. There's no, what is there not in the grave? No, no, no. And then all of a sudden they kind of get where you're going here, that you're, that death is an unconscious state or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, wait a second, I don't agree with this. When you die, you go to heaven, you know. That's a pretty straightforward, like, disagreement, you know. Mm. And I think that would probably be easy to contend with. But there might be, like, varying degrees of disagreement or when someone's disagreeing with you, they may not be actually disagreeing with you they may be just trying to slow you down from where you're going. And I just read about this in a negotiation book. It's just pretty interesting to me. Um, this guy was saying that often in negotiations, when people say no, what they're doing is they're trying to obtain a level of control in the conversation. So they feel like it's going to a place faster than they prefer it to go. So no, 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 I'm not interested. Yeah. But they'll say that not knowing exactly what where you're going to go in a sales pitch mm. or in the negotiation. And he actually says that no is a very positive thing. Yeah. Because now you have a, a you have, I don't even know the wording, but no, he says, is like the beginning of getting a good yes in negotiating. I like that. I said this to someone recently in a Bible study, somebody who had a lot of disagreements. And I could see, like, I was like, well... I really think that, like, just from their position, I've read stuff from, from the perspective that they're coming from. I've read pamphlets. I've had discussions with them. And I was like, yeah, you don't have a solid biblical foundation for most of these things that you're talking about. That's, I didn't say that to them, but yeah, that was but in my mind. Yeah. And I was like, I think we can really address these things. But when I was speaking to them, I remember saying something to them that they remembered, and so I'll say it because I think it might be useful to someone. I said, an honest no is better than a fake yes. And when I said that to him and he was like, huh, it put him off the defensive because what he understood was like, I'm not here to twist your arm and make you say you agree with something right. that you don't. 
If you don't believe, I'd prefer that you say that you don't believe. And you alleviated the pressure from him. That's right. Yes. Because look, the truth is, I'm not here to get you to pretend something. We're here to study the Bible. We're here to learn about God, about Jesus. We're, we're, and if you're not convinced, then don't pretend to be. Mm-hmm. Because There's no social because pressure here. I'm not manipulating right. you or twisting your arm. To, that's right. To be because something. your responsibility is not to me. It's to God. you got to own your decisions. And I'd prefer you to give me an honest, no, I'm not convinced, mm-hmm. than to give me a, one of these fake platitudinous, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll go along with that, but you don't, you don't exactly. mean it. And I just don't have a lot of respect for that. So. Dude, I love that. I love that what you said. Praise God. Hey, okay, so brother, uh, you've shared information. They've read Bible verses. You've read verses. They've answered some questions. You know, you might have had an objection or two, but we've gotten through the study. They seem to be relatively like positive about the information shared. Cool. It's appeal time now. Talking about appeals and gaining decisions is a whole world. Oh, it's a whole sure. to it. There's a whole science involved in it, and we're not going to delve deep into it, but. Do you have any like cursory, simple, just cursory basic advice for someone at this part part of a study? And we all know that every appeal is not the same, but you give a Bible study, you present information so that a person can respond to it, so that they can respond to it on some level and yeah, in some right. way, either to say, yeah, I see this is, in, this is probably information that I should take to heart and yeah, I'll consider it more. Mm. Or yes, I'll accept this. I believe this is true. To some, they need to respond on some level. Yeah. So do you have any basic cursory advice to give to the people listening on, on that whole like portion of... Yeah. Uh, there's so much that could be said, but I think a couple of quick things that just come to mind. One, make sure you check for understanding first. Check that they understood. Ask if they've got questions. And then when you come to asking for a decision, not all decisions are the same. Not every topic requires the same level of decision. Mm-hmm. One, one topic might be that they've understood that the Bible says that you should not drink alcohol and that that's not what God wants you to do. It's not good for your health. It's not good for your spirituality, et cetera, et cetera. And so you might be asking them to give up alcohol. That's a very practical and for some people, it's very difficult. For some people, you'll mm-hmm. watch and they'll just say, it's done, it's gone, I'm done with it right now. Um, give them a practical opportunity. But some, some decisions are not practical. They're, they're, you know, I'm assenting to a belief. Right. right? And, Jesus and is ma- the divine son of God. He that's is right. equal with the Father. He's truly and fully God. That's it. And right. so how do you practically exercise that? Well, that's very ambiguous. Yeah. Um, so my, my first advice to you would be make your appeal relevant to your topic. Mm-hmm. First of all, it needs to be in line with your topic. If you've done a Bible study on the Sabbath, don't make an appeal about something that's not the Sabbath. Yes. <laughs> that should be obvious, but it might not be. But the second thing is, if the topic is required, like, like naturally leads to a practical application, then make a practical appeal if it's appropriate for that person. If it's not then make an appeal that's not a practical appeal, like we've just talked about. Does that make sense? Like that seems really simple and obvious, but sometimes I think we're just so afraid that people will say no when you ask them that we never give them an opportunity to respond. Mm -hmm. And so don't be afraid to get a no. Because remember, at the end of the day, they're not saying no to you if they make an honest no. They're saying no to God. And that's a bummer but that's not your responsibility, right? You do the best that you can do 
But if you don't provide them with an opportunity to respond, who's it on? It's on you. It's not on them, right? And they can be saying no for now. That's right. And you might need to revisit it. Or you yeah. might have to ask the question, what is it that would keep you from making that decision? Why? Why? If Because they've said it's clear already. They haven't had any questions. And then they say no to the decision. you got to ask a question. What well, is my decision too much for them? Why are they saying no? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's good just to ask. Yeah. Um, those are a couple of thoughts. I think it's great. I have a friend named Josh Marco who gave Bible studies to David Asherick. And when David was not a believer, and he, David recounts those Bible study appeals that he would give. And he would just read the appeal out of the Amazing Facts study guide. And Dave used to say it was the most awkward thing because Josh would just sit there and be like, okay, so David, and he'd be looking at David and then he'd look back at the study and go, do you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior? And he'd look back at David and stare at him <laughs> while the Bible study guy's just sitting right next to his, you know, in his hand. And David would go, ah, I guess so. Okay. Uh, and David, will you covenant with God to study his word every day so you can be close to Jesus. And then he looked back at David, and David was like, ah, uh, sure. And he, <laughs> and he said, this is like this awkward kind of appeals. But he said, even those appeals as, what would you call them, clumsy as they were or robotic as they were, he said he, he would just go away and go, yeah, I, I decided I'd study the Bible. Yeah. And he just start studying, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And so... That's an encouragement to us because your appeals don't have to be Mark Finley appeals in every Bible study. It can be a matter of simply saying just honest communication from your heart. Like, hey, Jim, it's been a pleasure to share this with you. And I really believe that God doesn't just want us to hear his word. I believe he wants us to do it because he loves us and he wants us to have the best possible life we can have. And so uh, would you like to say to God that you accept this and you'll practice this in your life, in your own life? Will you will you pray? And we had a Bible set up yeah, here, yeah. like, will you commit for 15 minutes a day to just open your heart before God like he's your friend? Will you would you do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. It, there's nothing wrong with just simple, honest, from the heart. And uh and I think that's really, really great. Totally. So, so Robbie, um I'm gonna be efficient here and follow our own rules. Yeah. And uh just say to everyone, thank you so much for joining us for all things evangelism and this episode in particular of how to give a Bible study part two. We're going to have a part three. And it's we? gonna Yeah, we're going to have a part three. Oh, there we go. Because there's, there's, there's a piece of paper sitting right in front of us that I've been looking at thinking, we got to talk about that. we got to talk about that. So we're going to do a, how to give a Bible study part three in Robbie and I's next episode of all things evangelism. And it's going to be on appeals. Well, it might be short. It might be 15 minutes. But yeah, there's cool. one thing we have to talk about. Uh, about Bible study and appeals that we think you guys will really be blessed by. So anyways, thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Uh, please uh, share these podcasts around if you feel that you know people that are that can be blessed and encouraged by them. We'd love it. And take good care until next time. See ya. Thanks, Robbie. Bye-bye.